Hi, my name is Michael Waits. Thank you for joining us for this very special edition of Insurance for the New Possible. We are broadcasting live from the Chubb Insurance booth at the Singapore FinTech Festival, the largest FinTech festival in the world and a knowledge platform for the global FinTech community. We could not be more excited to be here. Now let's welcome Dominic Shacker, a co-founder at Rently, with whom we will discuss resolving rental rifts, Rently's approach to tenant-landlord disputes. Dominic, thank you so much for coming here and doing this. I, I really appreciate it. And before we kind of get to the main part of this conversation, can we get an overview, maybe like a 35,000 foot view of what the real estate rental market looks like to you in Singapore, just for people that may not be familiar with it? Yeah, thanks, Michael, for having me. It's my um, pleasure. Lovely to be here. So I think one word pretty much describes it here, which is actually quite chaotic. I really? Think. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I think both, you know, both sales and rentals, it's a very uh, intransparent market. It's very difficult to find out, you know, how much you should pay for rent, how much is it really worth if you want to buy. So that's kind of what drove, you know, what we're doing today. Yeah. Can I ask you this, though? There are tons of real estate portals that were started in Singapore. I don't need to name them, but I'm sure you know, I'm sure you know the names of all of them. They have not contributed to transparency and removing some of this chaos. Well, originally they did, right? When innovation comes into a market, it's there to solve an issue. Right, I right, think, right. You know, portals were one of them maybe 10 years ago. Yes. But that's now become one of the many issues that, you know, the rental market faces or even the sales market. Okay, I want to talk about that too, because I find that really interesting. I have so many personal issues mm. with portals. I always like to talk to founders about, was this company started kind of predicated on a personal experience that you had? And if it was, maybe you can go through that a little bit as well. Yeah, actually, surprisingly, it's definitely got the root in a, in a personal experience. <laughs> right. um, so when I came over to Singapore many years ago, I was expecting the rental market to work like Europe. So pretty transparent. You know, I can rent a unit two or three months earlier. Okay. It turns out, as you know, in Singapore, when you arrive, you don't know which units exist. Are they really there? Is the agent really on my side? So, you know, when we're looking, that's kind of... Can you make a distinction, though, between... I've never rented anything in Europe, right? So I'm not familiar with that. You're from... Uh, Switzerland. From Switzerland. Yeah. So if you went to rent a property in one of the big cities, whether it's in Zurich or somewhere in Switzerland, you're saying that it's really transparent. You can look at one of the portals and know like that's a real listing. But in Singapore and maybe in the rest of Southeast Asia, it's not that clear. Uh, definitely. Yeah. So it Tell depends me. a little bit on the country. But uh, Asia has a problem that really don't know. You know, the very first step to finding a place is finding a place on a portal. Right. And you don't know, is it really there? They have sometimes the same unit 10 times and doesn't actually exist. So can you tell me about this personal experience yet? You went to look for something. What did you, what was the step, what were the steps you actually went through and what was that experience like? Yeah. So when I first arrived, right. uh, I had some colleagues here who told me, you know, where, where you should live, where right, it's right. good to live as an expat, not having been here before. Yeah. And I found a condo and I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to live there. And mm -hmm. my agent at the time said, oh, actually that's, that's not possible. There aren't any units available. So I went onto one of the, the many listing sites right. and said, oh no, there's at least 10 available and turns out, yeah, they weren't actually all real listings. So before we get into what Rently is doing, why is that okay? Well, it's not okay. <laughs> I know it's not okay, but like, but, but it's being done, right? Yeah. So why does it, why does it still exist that way? 
So I think one of the main issues in Singapore is it's, you know, a very densely populated yeah. country. Yep. You have quite a lot of agents, you know, there's about 35,000 agents in Singapore for, you know, a couple of hundred thousand rentals a year Okay. versus Europe and Germany. I think it's 20 or 30,000 agents. For a country with 70 million, million 80 million people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think that contributes to the issue. Ah. Um, and it's a very lucrative business as well, being an agent. So there's a, quite a lot of competition. Right. Um, so I think that contributes to the issue. But in a country that's as organized and th thoughtfully, I would say, regulated as Singapore, that is not being looked at? I uh, know there, there are some regulations that are coming in the next couple of years that are looking at that issue. But I think one of the main issues uh, you face in real estate is, for example, agencies, you know, order portals. Right. They're not technology companies usually. Portals, obviously, a little bit more, but the agencies, not really. Not really, right. So for them to actually adopt... At speed is relatively difficult. So I've always been interested in the in the portal market, mm. right? In the portal business, and it always it always seemed interesting to me that the portals were never interested in being involved in the transaction. Yeah. So it's just like a listings. It's just like a classified ad. Yeah. And in the same way, I guess we're like I could call the New York Times and say like I I want to place this classified mm. ad. They don't check anything. They don't do anything about it. Is that kind of the same thing? Yeah, it's exactly like that. Okay, that's terrible. Yeah, so it's not a good, a good system. No. Okay, so what is Rently trying to do? Yeah, so for and not us, just to uh, fix that thing, yeah. but just maybe run me through like yeah. what it's going to be and how it's going to fix some of these problems, yeah? No, so I think what we're trying to address really is that core and bring transparency okay. to only the rental market for just now. Just the rental market for now, maybe. But for yeah. now, correct, Go ahead. yeah. So for us, it really starts at the very first step, so listings. Okay. Right, so the way we look at listings is one, they're free, we don't charge for it. Yep. And two, only verified listings. Okay, right? so that's the question. Let's, let's start with that. Yeah. How do you verify the listing? So luckily, Singapore's quite uh, advanced technologically, so we get to use things like my info, sync pass, we could check with the government registry to see if the person actually owns the, the place. Okay. So for us, it's really, as a tenant, from my own experience, I would rather see a thousand listings and know they're there. Yeah, absolutely. I, when I can rent them I'd rather, rather see than three. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. 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 Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, so for <clears> us, it really starts there, right? So, one, it's a great thing for a tenant because he can see only verified real listings. Right. But obviously, it's also great for the landlords from his side, because he can see actually who is this person that wants to rent. Again, you know, we get access to my info, so we can actually reveal some sort of data to a landlord. Okay, wait a second. I, I want to make sure that I heard you correctly. So the landlord also gets to know the identity of the person that's looking at the listing? Correct, and, right. And is that part of the platform where they are compelled to share? So I'd have to say, like, my name is Michael Waits, here's my local phone number, maybe here's my PR or whatever it is, yep. and I want to come and look at it. Correct. Okay, yeah. but that's real transparency. That's real transparency, right? But everybody benefits, I think. The ones that don't benefit are the ones that are, you know, trying to be a bit uh, intransparent about the transaction. Right. You know, for you as a tenant, if you're looking to rent a place, yeah. you want to know it's a real unit, a real landlord. I don't want to waste my time. And the landlord wants to know it's a real tenant. Right, right. You you, know, so. in, on the flip side, he doesn't want me or she doesn't want me to go there and be like, yeah, I can't afford this place. I don't even have a job. Correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like it's a beautiful $10,000 a month apartment. Correct. But I'm a paper boy. Like that's Correct. not going to work. Yeah. Right. Okay. But then how do you fix that as well? Like what kind of verif not just verification you do on the renter, mm -hmm. but like, do you take income levels? Do you take jobs and stuff like that as well? Yeah, for some things. So for us, it's really been, as you said, we don't want to be just a listing portal and not get involved in a transaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've built an entire contract <laughs> engine that automates everything from end to end. So if you think about it as a, as a tenant or as a landlord, you list your unit, you receive an offer, you accept it, and we inject all the data that we need 
into the standardized contract from the okay. government. Okay. So, you know, it's a fair contract as well. Right. It's nuanced, it's balanced between landlord and tenant. And all that data gets pre-filled automatically. And then um, when you sign, you sync pass again to sign. So it's encrypted. It's all happening, you know, in an enclosed environment. So you've automated the entire contracting process yeah. as well? Yeah. What's the market reaction to this? Because pe yeah. people that rent generally rent the next place and they'll rent the next place as they're saving, right? They go but maybe buy a, another place. But if their first experience has been like your first experience, when they go to rent again, they must think, this is just going to be drudgery. But when they run into Rently, and we can talk about how you promote that, but when they run into Rently, are they surprised by like just the level of transparency that's there? Yeah, I think, you know, that's been one of the main issues or the main um, things that we found quite challenging. Okay, tell people me. people actually adopting the technology fast enough. They just... Really? They've not seen something like that before. They're used to, you know, real estate market, physical checks, physical documents. Right, right, right. So everything's automated, really. Like, it's a one-button kind of software, if you will, from finding a place to getting it. So that's been um, a little bit of education. has been needed, like, actually... There is an easier way to do it. So is there a visual aspect to this as well? Do you go and take photos of the places or do 3D render, like all that kind of stuff? So I can actually see the place without physically going there? Uh, so we don't do the 3D piece. We do. We have a certain uh, quality of photos that we expect for landlords to list. So, so what, is that, what does that mean? So for us, it's if you list one photo and it's blurry, yeah. it has no space. Won't do it. You yeah. Know, um, yeah. But really, the the visiting you still need to do. You know, for I sure. Think if it's your home, you kind of want to see it in real life. I definitely want to see it before I go. Yeah. I want to turn on the water. My biggest thing, I don't know about you, is I want to make sure the water that, that water comes pressure. out of the sink is strong. I'll, I'll tell you something interesting. You won't believe this. When I was with Goldman Sachs, I was based in Tokyo. Yep. And I was seconded from Tokyo to Hong Kong for four or five months. And Goldman arranged an apartment for me on the peak. And I just thought, this is going to be awesome. I get to live on the peak and I can brag about it forever. And I got off the flight, I got to the to the um to the apartment, and when I walked in and turned on the water, it was brown. Yep. It's just such a bad experience. So nobody here wants to have that experience either, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. So how do you interact with the agencies as well? Yeah, so like we're open for agencies to use uh, our platform as well. It's mm -hmm. not that we're excluding anybody. The way we think about it is, you know, it's, it should be a secure transaction platform for anybody that wants to interact. Right. Uh, but what we don't allow is just random listings. So we're very selective on which agents get to list. Again, right, right, right. to ensure the provenance almost of properties. Uh -huh. We don't on that issue the other well you don't want people to have the same experience you have correct right yeah. right so that's uh, they were a little bit more selective on uh, on allowing agents to list so who does the curation uh so it's one obviously our team at the moment is still some <laughs> manual uh, interaction oh, for sure also we're automating quite a bit of it uh with technology with ai to kind of figure out you know what photos are actually being posted again early stages okay there's a lot of possibilities nowadays talk to me about what the artificial intelligence strategy is and how long has Rently been around? Uh, we've been around for about 12 months. Okay, since 12 months. inception, but we really only went live, I would say, in March. But that means that you went live either just before or just after ChatGPT was released. Just around, yeah. Right? So No, but I think it's a, it's a, good, um, it's a good watershed for like pre-ChatGPT and post-ChatGPT yeah. because I think the way people have thought yeah. about AI has changed. So I'm curious how you look at it, where it fits in, what you think it can help you accomplish, 
even if you're not doing it today, but where you think it's yeah. going to go, yeah? There's a couple of different areas, right? I think one of the biggest pieces is obviously contract generation. Contract generation. I, okay. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think yeah, people yeah. trust uh, Yeah, yeah. AI I would contract. never leave it all to AI anyway, Correct. but go ahead. But I think the biggest piece for us is fraud protection. Um, we've built quite a bit around this. So, so how does that work? Well, the, one of the biggest issues in Singapore is actually fraud. So, you know, I think up this year has already been four or five million dollars have been lost from rental scams. So meaning... The landlord isn't real. The tenant isn't real. Really? The yeah. So this is actually super prevalent in Singapore. So again, for us, us the first layer is really the MyInfo SingPass piece to kind of verify. So what is that SingPass? You've mentioned this a couple of times. Correct. So when you, in Singapore, you get a DigiID. A digital so ID. identify yourself in, in the internet. So we use that to really verify, are you who you say you are? Right. You know, because if I log in with my Google login or my manual login, right. I don't know, is it really Michael? No, or, no idea. You know, with no my idea. info, we know that's the first layer. And is there a chip inside that, that um, pass? Uh, so it's it's an app on your uh, on your phone. Ah. And we've integrated with the government to pull that data. So when Michael logs in, it is actually Michael. Oh, Obviously, that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, so that's the first piece. Uh, obviously, you can sell that if you want. So there's some issues. Some people sell their data, really? as we know. So for us, that's where kind of AI comes in and also leveraging on traditional banks. So for us, being able to API into, let's say, a DBS to make sure Michael that wants to pay the rent is actually Michael and it's not, let's say, Dominic. We have that capability as well. So there's multiple layers of fraud protection. Got it. Plus our own in-house software as well that kind of tries to detect and weed out bad actors. Right. Do you also do some analysis of like this person, we know this person, verified address, they live, let's say, on the East Coast, but they're constantly logging in from the West Coast or from Johor, yeah. so it can't be them, unless they were kicked out of their house, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Does so AI, can it do some of that kind of could, stuff? We could do that, uh, <laughs> not with uh, what we have at the moment, we don't do any sure, geotagging, sure, sure. Uh, but it comes in, so well, again, one of the big issues is, as I said, fraud in Singapore, but also disputes with landlords. Okay. So that's kind of where that geotagging does come in when people start paying for our different services. Yeah. Then we have an ability to So to what, what are the main types of disputes that people have? Mm. And I'll tell you, like, I've rented... I own. I actually built a piece of property and owned that piece of property in mm. Tokyo for a few years. But before that, I was always renting, and I'm renting in Bangkok yeah. now. I've never had a dispute with a landlord. Like, never. And, and again... You tell me you're from Switzerland, right? Which seems to me to be like the most organized country in the world. At least that's the reputation. But Singapore has got to be number two. Yeah. So again, it comes back to the marketplace being a bit chaotic. Yeah. I think that the main issue is usually when people move out, right? So when you're tenanted, you might have a little bit of a dispute that he doesn't want to pay for a new washing machine, all those things. But the big issue is when people move out, right. the majority of people we've, well, that we know of they lose part of their deposit. Surely. Right? So you pay your deposit, you move out, and that's when it gets tricky when you have a landlord that's saying, okay, that, you know, that crack on, uh, yeah, on the ceiling, right. that's going to be $4,000. That's your whole rent, yeah. Correct. So that's where we come in. Okay. So we, you know, we've listened to our market. Biggest issue has always been that. Okay. So when a contract gets signed on a platform, we offer people a product called Rently Care, okay. which is actually a combination. That's why we work with Chubb as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so how does that work? So we, you know, we're not confident kind of the, the software that we have that we'll pay the deposit on behalf of the tenant. Ah. So we'll actually pay the deposit to the landlords. Go ahead. This uh, is interesting. Correct. So, but when they move in, we're there to kind of take pictures of everything. Again, make sure everything gets stored. The landlord and tenant agree this is the state, the unit is that when you move in. So when they move out two, two years later, and let's say then the landlord says, look, that crack wasn't there, I'm going to charge you $5,000. And you're like, yeah, it was there. We have to give it. we've got a right? photo of it. So we're becoming almost like a central depository for 
deposit payments, but we'll actually front the cash ourselves. But that's really interesting too. So in a way, the relationship is no longer between the renter and the owner. That relationship is between you and the owner, and you probably have more leverage and also more data. Correct. So, so it's, I think it's not even so much, I think leverage is probably the right term, or the, not sure, but it's really, you know, they know they can't mess with us. If, right, you, right, right. if you're a normal tenant, let's say you've been here for two years, now you've got to go back to the UK, right. and your landlord withholds 10,000 of your deposit, there's nothing you can do. Right? Yeah. You, you live in a country, we're here, you know, right. we're here to support. But I think it's important, we're not, you know, it's not against landlords. No. Like we want to be that trusted intermediary. Right, right, right. Everybody can <laughs> feel happy, the landlord can feel happy, he's going to get his money tenant can be happy he doesn't owe money that he doesn't what's owe. the before i let you go like what's the overall tech strategy if you look at like two three four years mm -hmm. like is there a distributed ledger part of this to do this sort of trustless thing right do you know what i mean like yes. what's the overall strategy yeah so i think there's definitely a lot to be done in terms of um, providing a ledger for transactions and things like that yep. but i think for me, the really key part of it is everything around fraud and finance. Right. So you can feel <clears throat> safe when you're in your own home. Right. You can make sure everything's done, you know, as it should be done. I got it. I got yeah. it. Can I ask you one more thing as well? Sure. Every time I talk to a company that's kind of like a fintech, right? Mm. So you look like a prop tech. Yeah. But if you're actually making payments for people, you're kind of a fintech as well. Do you look at other potential services you can offer from the financial services standpoint, or is that just too far in the future? No, definitely. I think the, you know, the, we are a fintech, although it looks like a prop tech. Yeah. So everything we do in the prop tech space, we don't charge for, right? I think there's enough services out there that are charged for it. Right. So for us, it's really about fintech. So doing rental payments, rent now, pay later, if some people have issues, deposit right. payment, all, all those kind of things, yeah. I love it. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. We should have a much longer conversation about this. I'm Definitely. super interested. I want to thank you, Dominic Schacher, co-founder of Rently. And just for everybody else, coming up at 3.30 p.m., we also have Kel J. Lim, the regional head at Gradfin. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. Don't forget to follow Insurance for the New Possible on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube to stay up to date on all of our amazing and informative content.